Show notes. Yeah, let's have a look at those. Let's blow the cobwebs off that G-Doc. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great plug-in if, uh, if your Google Docs, the, the older they stayed in the drive, like the yellower <laughs> they got, the cobwebs on there, come up. some of the ink starts to you know disintegrate. Google, if you're listening. All the fonts become slightly more rounded. Gets it's like a little treasure map motif going. There you go. These are all good ideas. Happy New Year. Thanks, Sam. I feel like we've done this before. Yeah, we have done a Happy New Year show, that which was a month ago. So we probably should address the elephant in the room, which is the unproductivity elephant. Are you talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) So the productivity elephant is that we haven't really recorded a show. We've recorded two shows in 2017. Yes. Well, one half of one show. One full show, one half of one show. And then another half of the other show. And then another half. Which will be spliced seamlessly together without editing skills. With pure magic. Magic, yeah. Uh, We should address this quickly. Mm -hmm. Apologies to all of our... (laughs) That is true. I've had upwards of two complaints about it. I've had one complaint from my wife just saying, are you guys just going to give it up or what? Like you should just, I mean, you should just let me know so I don't get my hopes up anymore. Oh, so yeah, I had a bit of family stuff at the beginning of the year. Like mm-hmm. everything's fine now, but that just kind of meant that, you know, for like the first three or four weeks of the year, kind of shitty. And I don't know, I just didn't feel like I'd be a particularly entertaining host. Mm. So I think that is partially a reason. The other reason is <clears throat> I have moved house. I've now joined Sam on the other side of the Hudson. The better side of the Hudson. And, it actually yeah. is because you do get a great view of New York City. This is very true. So yeah, we are both uh, New Jerseyans, New Jerseyites. Welcome to New Jersey. Thank you so much. Although we're not recording in New Jersey. Well, that's true. Um, so far, so good. I'm enjoying the 2% less sales tax. And Cheesecake on my, Factory. On my purchases, and I can walk to a Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> the first night we, we moved in... We did go straight to Target, and I bought giant boxes of everything in bulk. Amazing. And it's, like, well-stocked. Yep, all right. And floors are clean. Floors are clean. They were well-stocked with the little sticky handles for carrying, like, the kitchen, the bumper bags of kitchen roll. Right. Which I got. It's so nice. Yeah. It's the future. So, uh, I'm amazed. Let's talk about Cheesecake Factory a little bit, because their menu is quite overwhelming. I'm Famously a book. Yes. <laughs> Which they, I think they publish monthly. Right. And it has ads in the menu. Which is the reason why they publish it monthly. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. So, how long did it take you to choose a selection from the menu? Well, I feel like I'm usually pretty good. Mm. Like, well, I've got my staples, my go-tos. Oh, you know your staples at Cheesecake Factory? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God, what a great store that would be. <laughs> <laughs> get my stationery and my deep fried tacos all at once what would what are your go-tos so so for for an appetizer yep. they have the uh oh, it's like a little deep fried taco thing or deep fried not taco but like a like a little wonton yeah it's like a tex-mex wonton that's it that's yeah. the one yes combining great cuisines from both east and west in one delicious fried mouthful mouthful uh that is probably my go-to uh app or maybe the sliders sometimes i feel like a slider mm. that's good as for the mains uh yep. i am quite partial to the oh damn chicken diana they have no chicken i forget the exact name of it but it's just like 
Kind of roast chicken with mash, potatoes, and some mm. broccoli. Quite standard, but yeah. that's quite good. Um, or one of their pasta dishes, like a carbonara-esque one. Okay. Um, Those are usually like a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But really, the, re- the real reason I go to Cheesecake Factory is because of the brown bread Stam has just spied that I've got a large ceramic, ceramic mug. mug of coffee. <laughs> I will delicately put it down. Yeah. I'm all about that brown bread. Oh my yeah. God, it's so good. In fact, when when the wait staff come over, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, oh, do you still have that brown bread? Every time. I'm like, <laughs> I play the tourist and get them just to bring a bowl of entirely brown bread. Forget the white bread. Throw that shit away. Just bring me the brown stuff, as it were. That's not what I say, by the way. Are there any other sort of staples that you rotate? I really wish I had the menu, the menu. book in front of me right now. Because I'm kind of drawing a blank. It has been a while. It's been maybe like three or four months since I have been to a Cheesecake Factory, which is quite a long time in my in my book. I say we safely go to a Cheesecake Factory maybe like once every six weeks. I am looking forward to trying them for brunch. It is good. Uh, I highly recommend their Huevos Rancheros. Sometimes, because some, that can be touch and go sometimes, can't it? Yeah, but this is pretty solid. It's and definitely a go. It's Cheesecake Factory, it's consistent. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just impressed that all the line chefs can make all of those dishes that quickly i'm pretty sure a lot of it is like pre-packaged sam it's you know straight out of a black bag that's shipped from cheesecake factory headquarters uh what is your what's your cheesecake of choice uh we usually don't get any cheesecake when we're there because we're so stuffed from the the massive dishes that they give you as entrees but like a little Later cheesecake. That's why um, I usually, usually get a cheesecake slice to go. Right. To, you know, eat in the car or... Yeah, there's like a marble cheesecake. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's like a white chocolate marble. Um, also, like the Oreo cheesecake is oh, usually good. like a, a very good one. Yeah, my go-to is the lime raspberry. Mm. A little tartness there to cut through the heaviness of the cream. Yeah. Cheese. The wife is cake. not a fan of lime desserts, like lemony desserts. Oh, it's either like chocolate or... No Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but my dish, uh, if I had to choose one, I, I have like a few in rotation. It's either the um, the bang bang chicken. Oh, my favorite yeah. thing to say at the Cheesecake Factory. As loudly as possible. <laughs> yes, some bang bang chicken, <laughs> please. Or their burgers are actually pretty good. I don't think I've actually had a burger there before. They are like restaurant style burgers, so it's not. You do. I feel like you do have to cut it with a knife before handling it. I actually did have a disappointing turkey burger from there once. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, the I turkey burger is no good. Turkey burger. I make a really good turkey burger. Mm. My secret is is put spinach in there. In the turkey burger, yeah, ah. spinach and feta in uh, in there with the ground turkey because the spinach is like up ninety nine percent water, right? And it keeps the whole thing moist. Ah, you know. a great suggestion. Yeah, that's your little turkey burger tip for the day. <laughs> turkey tip. Yes. Bing. The other, my other go-to is like when I'm still on my diet thing, I get their salad. They have the sea and tuna salad. Have you had that? That's pretty good. I go for the cob because it has like a really good variety and selection, plus avocados and beets. Mm. Love it. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, like that. All right, we we've sh- talked ten minutes about the cheesecake factory, <laughs> and I'm only just getting warmed up. <laughs> we should go. We should go. Okay, let's yeah. do it. We'll let's do a double date. And plus episode. the kids. <laughs> yes, maybe if you can handle it. Do they, what do kids eat at Cheesecake Factory? They have like a kid's menu. They have a kid's menu. So they have like pasta and pizza, chicken fingers. Yeah, I guess I have no real understanding of when children move from like 
breast milk to mush to actual food? Like, right. what is that kind of time scale? Usually, like, one year for the breast milk slash formula. And then that's when they try to convert over to the mush for maybe, like, either anywhere from, like, six more months to a year. And then you can start introducing them to solids. Okay, that's pretty quick. Like, two, three yeah. years old. Two years, yeah. I guess when the little teeth come through. Yep. That's what they need. To like- and they're both on solids now. Like, they both just eat, like, normal people. Except for splashing all over everything, which some people, it's like normal people. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sam, it's a date. Yeah, let's do it. Why don't we move on to something that we've actually did watch, or, or we did watch. BOA. Oh, man, this was so long ago. <laughs> this is actually in 2016. For this me, was... Uh, I, I watched this in the beginning of the year, so... It wasn't too far off. Yeah, it was a super sneaky release from Netflix. Mm-hmm. The last week of the year, very little had leaked about it or very little preamble. And then suddenly it seemed to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. They kind of did one of their little, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A stealth release, I yeah. guess. It kind of snuck under everyone's radar and then there was like a lot of buzz around it. Uh, and it was, I think it was a good time for it to be released because I, that was the time when everyone was sort of off and able to watch 10 episodes of something uh correct me if i'm wrong it is 10 episodes right or was it like nine yeah, episodes? Eight, eight eight or ten something right. like that yeah so yeah yeah i you know it was, it was i'm still on my parental leave and i was able to watch it like an episode a night which is great and uh good use of your time a good use of my time i'll get to that later but we'll get to that but uh yeah i mean this i, I felt like it was it came out just in the right time where everyone was able to watch it with either their significant others or someone. And Yeah, that's pretty clever. That's pretty clever timing from Netflix. Everyone's off for the mm-hmm. holidays. Bam. Here is like quite an episodic uh, show that lures you in. And then uh, all the episodes are available rather than like this lengthy process of releasing one episode a week like an HBO show like Westworld. Mm-hmm. For me, this show was perhaps the first show that actually made use of the on-demand streaming platform for the first time. Mm. For me, this suddenly felt like, oh shit, they're actually using this new medium of delivering TV shows to its fullest. There was no intro. There was no previously on the away. Everyone was assuming that you were binge watching it. There was no Mm. exit credits to roll through, like three minutes of a music with names flashing by. There was no set time for each episode. There was like, they weren't beholden to network restrictions that, oh, this has to be 42 minutes so they can shove in, you know, 18 minutes of ads every hour. Friend of the show, Phoebe Stirhoff, actually pointed out that it felt like chapters of a book. Like they they could make the chapters fall naturally where they should do. So there was like, oh, there was like the 30 minute episode. There was an hour Mm. episode. It was like, this is the chapter they want to tell and they aren't restricted by, oh, hey, it has to be this long. Sorry. So you have to find a some way of like extending the content or shrinking it down to fit these sort of artificial limits. Mm. So that was something that stood out to me. I don't know, man. I was like, oh shit, this felt like something new and like embracing the streaming platform. That's really interesting. Um, I haven't really noticed that because I think on other Netflix shows, what they do is they do actually have the rolling credits, but Netflix is pretty smart enough so that it, it skips to the next episode after a few seconds that the, that the actual content portion of the show is done. Um, and I don't know how it does mm-hmm. it. And sometimes for other shows, it actually skips the beginning intro as well and it goes right into the content. It's really strange. 
Yeah. Um, mm. I think I was, because I could have watched Westworld after this, and it was so painful to have to, you did four minutes and 30 seconds before mm. you got to the actual content. And every time you're like, oh my God, I have to fast forward through four and a half minutes of just nonsense. Um, yeah, that I think that just showed in sharp relief. Like Netflix's approach or the OA's approach to streaming where bam, you're straight right. in. They assume you're up to date. Whereas there's, and there's like, there's no two minutes of tedious title music, mm. which does nothing. I'm so baffled by titles yep. these days. I agree. I think we're going to look back on two thousand around like the 2015 mark. And there's this, there is this style that all shows mm-hmm. have recently. this very similar sort of uh, intro mm-hmm. graphics with like block case letters, very small, very like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so strange. I just don't, I just don't get yeah, it. Yeah. I feel like Lost was one of the first shows that really took advantage of not really having like an intro uh, beginning card or like um, like 30 seconds to a minute of intro text with titles and people's names going by. Um, and it just had that like, you know, like that. And then that was it. It got straight back into the show. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think more shows are actually taking this on and you know, I totally appreciate it because the last show that I've actually watched, not to side rail the comment, we'll, we'll quickly get back into OA, but uh, The Night Of... Uh, it's something that I've watched recently, and every time I started an episode of The Night Of, I had to sit through a minute and 30 seconds of that stupid intro. That's absolutely yeah, useless. which has that same graphic right. design style yeah. that every other show has yeah. right now. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, okay, like the first time, you're like, oh, yeah, this right. is quite nice. <laughs> and then the, by the eighth time, you're like, uh, yeah, okay, right. I What get purpose it. does this actually serve? I think the only purpose that it serves is usually on the bigger, more high production shows, there's usually a different director per episode or a different writer per episode. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess if you're really into like the writing and like the direction of certain things that might concern you, but otherwise like normally I don't see how people would necessarily give a shit. Yeah. I almost wonder if it's like a, like a writer's guild requirement stipulation that like you have to give explicit. Yeah. For network television, Mm. you have to call out every single person on every single episode And somehow Netflix got around it for the OA where they could just go, nope, right. we'll just show you right at the end. Because I guess it was also created and written by a small group of people like, ah man, I'm forgetting their names. Marlon. I think the... No. Something Britling. Yeah, she was, she starred in it and also yeah. wrote and created it. And right? something, Baz, Batman Jury. Baz Lerman. No. Batman Jury. He has like Batman yes. in his last name. Okay, uh, so why don't we get into the actual the content of the show? Um, I don't think we actually have to talk about the what goes on in the show. It's probably, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe it might be something it that seems you might fruitless. Watch. I'm going to jump in and say that TV show has jumped to my show of the year. If I could go back to do our podcast episode where we reviewed our favorites of the year, The OA is my favorite show of 2016. Are you being serious? Yeah, yeah. I am. I loved it. You loved it. And I believe you have a different opinion. <laughs> I fucking hated this show, Edwin. I hate it with such a passion. It is like the most unbelievably, what is it? Frou-frou piece of shit filming episodic content I've ever seen <laughs> since Powder. Oh my God. This show just like drove me nuts. It's so like... <laughs> 
Uggs wearing yoga pants, drinking Starbucks type of LA person. <laughs> oh, I can't. So one thing that absolutely drove me up the wall is like, I watched it. I, I completed the entire thing. I decided to just follow through with it. And I decided to watch like an interview with uh, the, the, the head writers, the, the main star of the show and the director. And <laughs> it was this interview where they were like, sat on the floor and you can see the chairs behind them that they were supposed to sit in but they've obviously decided to fucking take off their shoes and sit on the floor i mean i was just like this is so them this is so this fucking show and it, oh my god it just drove me absolutely up the wall tell me tell me why you love the show edwin well that is quite the, the damning opening there sam sorry i couldn't um, contain myself i was gonna i was gonna save it until we got to the negative portion but i was completely wrapped up in it i um I swallowed it like hook, line, and sinker. I was just like totally into it. I can see that. And it was pretty much like unlike anything I've seen before. I think I'd kind of seen they deliberately tried to do something different. And I think I kind of appreciated mm. that. And do you know what? I kind of was hoping it would be a little more weird. Like the first episode or two, I was like, okay, this is just going to be very surrealist. And, you know, almost on like a David Lynch mm-hmm. style thing where you just go, hey, you know what? like clear narrative is not the main thing here it's more like oh the feelings and the the acting and there's like other things going on than like oh what is the story tell me the story and then it kind of gets into the middle bit where there's like a very long section over several episodes of where she's being held hostage and then that just becomes like a that kind of just became like a regular tv show Mm -hmm. at that point where Will she escape? Won't she escape? And I was like, oh, we kind of lost what I was hoping would be a little more surrealist. I mean, okay, sure, they do choreographed dance and she tries to go visit the uh, in-between worlds and ate a bird. Sure, but otherwise, the main driving narrative was just her trying to escape, which I was like, okay. But in general, no, I was totally swept up in it. I bought Mm. it, Sam. I was in. Yeah, I think this show will probably have a tendency to actually, um, I think you can fall into it pretty easily. And I think it's sort of made for that to happen. Uh, but I, for some reason, and, I, and it might have been my experience with watching a movie called Powder, which I keep referring to because okay, it's, I've not seen this. it's about this kid who is uh, like born different. Like he was either struck by lightning or something and he's this outcast in the school He's an albino, um, and he has like these weird innate powers, right? That no one believes in. Everyone just thinks he's weird, except for this one girl who sort of befriends him. And okay. at the end of Powder, you know, like something magical happens, and um, you sort of see everyone sort of feel this reaction to him becoming this like uh, this this force around them, right? And I just thought that that was like so fucking cheesy, right? <laughs> like I watched it, I enjoyed it, but then like everything that sort of like surrounded it, and, like the message was like so cheesy. Um, and I think you can either fall two ways with that movie, right? You can buy into it, you can believe it, like oh man, that was actually super mm-hmm. magical, or you can be a bit of a cynic yeah. and be like, man, that was fucking <laughs> bullshit, right? <laughs> and I think for a time I did enjoy Powder, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh man, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> and it's the same thing with this OA. Like, I think there are really good portions of it that I felt were were a bit magical. Like, um, believe it or not, like I did cry when they first did the dance, and then mm-hmm. um, 
you know, when it's like something happens to the guy, right? I'm not going to spoil it, but something happens, right? Sure. And that part, yeah. I always thought it was like really cool. Um, but then like towards the end of it, like after everything happened, like I just felt so um, kind of cheated in a way. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was really easy to just like, I see what they're trying to make, but I don't think they, they fully made uh, what they were envisioning this would happen. I think there was something missing and it just felt like a lot of um, this, you know, like putting my hands together and bowing to you and saying namaste bullshit. I mean, I think these are all totally valid criticisms. <laughs> I would think, I think this is a show that you're either going to love or hate. I can't imagine people would be like, oh yeah, it's okay. I think it's perhaps designed to elicit a strong reaction mm. either way, potentially. It was well made though. It was very well made. My show of the year. So, you know. Damn, I can't believe that was your show <laughs> of the year. Did I did I mention a show of the year? Sam's pick was Westworld. Oh yeah. Oh god, it was Westworld. Oh man, you were wrong. <laughs> Westworld sucked. Did it really? By the time I realized it was just eleven hours of Jurassic Park, I was it was too late. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I loved it though. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was I was a little underwhelmed by Westworld. It was okay, but I hmm. There was I didn't I nothing particularly surprising about it. I think it was just it was competent and I was like, oh. Yeah, one of the best parts I liked about Westworld though was you know, there's obviously like the the dichotomy of humans being inhumane and the non-humans being more humane, right? But I think the way that that was actually played out was well done. Um I think there are uh, a bit of like real surprise moments as you're watching. I think like episode six or seven had this like really big surprise that I totally did not expect um, regarding the man in the black. Yeah. And you realize, oh, they both kind of have craggy faces. Right. Yes, I see. <laughs> and I mean, they telegraphed it pretty strongly, like 10 minutes or five minutes right. before. But that, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, but, but throughout yes. that entire yeah. like five, 10 minutes, I had my hand in my mouth going, oh. <laughs> Um. yeah yeah no that was very well done i think what i really struggled with was what is the name of the actress who plays the brothel keeper uh um tandy newton yeah i was, I was gonna say mandy something but you're right there's two people who are helping her inside the head office mm-hmm. the sort of the upkeep people. why why did they i that was completely baffling as to why they were helping her why don't they just like put a bullet in, bullet in a shut it down, be gone? I'm like, oh man, that Felix guy was so irritating. Like, why were they helping her? I just because she said, "Help me." I was yeah. I think he was. This had me and my boyfriend just yelling at the screen, like, "What are you idiots right. doing?" I think he was someone that was a little bit more sympathetic, right? Like, right, like she, he was supposed to be in love with her. Was that the idea? Kind of, but more in love with the idea yeah. that this was someone that was almost human. Right. And that's why he had yeah, trouble uh, like shutting them down or like killing them or I think there was probably a good intention mm-hmm. behind it, but as a viewer, I was right. it just wasn't explained well enough for me to believe that they would actually do that and let her get that far, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> One of the main that, that whole storyline kind of soured quite a bit of it because I just 
didn't make sense to me why these things were right. happening. It is know? a bit creepy also, just the fact that, you know, there was like this this whole area where people just being dumped. And it was really like, it was sort of like a garbage shoot and people were like repairing shit that needed to be repaired. But I think that was sort of the whole point, right? I took that as a granted, like, oh, this is this is the ugly side of the machine. Or this is this is how the yeah, sausage gets made. Absolutely. I think there was like also problems that I couldn't quite figure out, like, do the new people, I guess the visitors, like arrive all the time to the park? Like how do they create a narrative if there's people arriving all the time? Right. Like surely as as an audience you go in, then you have a narrative and that takes so long. Uh, yeah, that was just like things like I just couldn't mm. quite work out, oh, there's new people coming, but do they just come once a day and then re- they reset it every day? But then how does a narrative long- last longer than a day? I don't know. They were just like something like that where I was just like, just like hang on, hang on yeah. a second. What's happening here? Yeah, to me, it seemed like it was sort of more like a, a weekly thing. And who knows, like, like it did seem like an exclusive park where there weren't too many people. But yeah, these are all details I, I think could have been expanded, but I wonder if it was actually worth expanding um, to, to clarify all the logistics of everything rather than telling the story that I intended to tell. Which is just Which is park. just essentially Jurassic Park. Humans create a thing. Oh, and it goes and destroys the park. <laughs> and is an old British white guy. Ah, oh, damn it. Nature finds a way. Never let an old British white guy create a park. <laughs> Hi, I'm planning to create a park. Uh, are you an old British white guy? Uh, yes. Nope. Sorry. Black ball. <laughs> Red flag. One thing that I really liked about it, and I don't know if I mentioned this, I forgot, but season one can totally stand on its own as its own series. I don't think... For Westworld? Yeah, for Westworld. I don't think... Even for the OA. I don't think there needs to be a second episode. And when I read that OA was thinking about a second season, I was even more like, fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for something like Westworld, um, I don't think it needs a second season at all. In fact, I'd probably... I probably wouldn't watch the second season of Westworld. I believe there is a second season. And I think... I think I remember reading that, you know, season one was just like the prologue Mm. really like to get to the state where robots have taken over and then that is season two is going to be the main story i can't remember where i read this so i might have to go find my sources and also if you're listening to this take this with a grain Mm. of salt but i think that was one of my favorite things about the night of was that it was a standalone thing there's like there's no like cheesy shit cliffhangers they had to shoehorn into the end to like make you come back for a second season it was like these are the eight episodes this is the story totally and we're done i wanted to talk to you about the new macbook pros yeah please because we've kind of we have both upgraded work Mm -hmm. i bought one personally for my own use i'm probably editing this show on it right now yeah because um, I did have a 2012 MacBook Pro, the 13-inch, yeah. which was it great. It was a great workhorse, but, you know, as time has come, mm-hmm. non-retina screen. Uh, it even had the DVD drive, if you remember those, which yep. had ripped out and replaced with another SSD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as time had come. So I was waiting for the new MacBook Pros, so I treated myself in Jersey, thus saving myself 2% nice. on the sales tax. Churching. So, yeah, I think we've both been using them pretty mm-hmm. much from the beginning of the year. Yeah, I've used them for a while now, like maybe close to a month. Yeah, probably don't go super long on this. I feel like a lot of people have talked about it. Sure. But, you know, sometimes our audience demands our opinions on things. Yeah. So why don't we do it like really brief? Like, 
Talk about the benefits. Talk about your hatred points. <laughs> and then quick summary. Good points. Space gray, if I'm being completely shallow. Yep. Looks pretty badass. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think I'm... <laughs> That's I, all I have, the color of it. <laughs> I... I <laughs> That I like the hopeless. larger t- trackpad. I appreciate the larger trackpad. I think it does allow me to um, move around a little freer. <laughs> and it doesn't get in the way of me typing or anything. Here's my problem with it, though. When I use it on the couch, mm. I kind of lean back and have the computer resting against on my stomach. Yep. And my fat rolls roll over and have phantom touches on the touchpad. That's really gross. <laughs> you type naked on the couch? Not Where naked. did naked come from, Sam? <laughs> this is all in your head. How does uh, your fat rolls back. come out of... Well, because I'm leaning back here. I see. And it's like... Okay, I'm kind of like demonstrating this in... Okay, maybe... Tricky on radio. Do you wear a midriff at home? No, I perhaps should wear a corset. <laughs> but the way I use it on the couch means the trackpad sometimes gets phantom touches mm. and like I tap on it and it doesn't recognize it. Sure. Because it's in, it's in contact with another part of my body. <laughs> That's annoying. <laughs> yes. Obviously have not user tested this enough. Right. At Apple. All right. Especially your people who like to lean back on a couch. Right. And use it that way. Um, but a trackpad I really don't like. I feel like it often doesn't click when I want it to. Mm. I don't know if that was your experience as well, or if I've just got a shonky trackpad. Yeah, it's... Because um, it's a magic touch one, right? So it's not actually depressing. It's just giving you that... The the haptic. The pretend yep. click. Yeah. Yep. Which is pretty effective. Like, I, I get confused, and I always sort of... every Maybe like once every week, mm. I'll be like, are you sure like this isn't tapping down? Because <laughs> it's so effective. Are you a tap-to-click person? Uh, I do, do both, you? actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow, you are quite that rare breed. And I also do the right click. Mm, not the double. I haven't got enough scientific evidence, but in general, I feel like I'm generally kind of frustrated with the trackpad not doing what I want it to do. Gotcha. I found it, yeah, I found it like I'm more okay with it than the previous trackpad for some reason. Oh, ah, interesting. With okay. the previous MacBook Pros, I always, if I'm going to get into like more serious work, like I'm, even for like text editing where I have to like select large chunks of, uh, text and like re-edit and type um, I felt always more comfortable with a mouse but with this I, I have um, I don't seem to be doing that a lot how about the keyboard oh we need to go to the negatives for that okay well I think we have right yeah we've already jumped I mean okay well there must be something else good about it I mean the screen is uh, nice screens are retina screen yeah good screen right Thinness, it's pretty fast great fast Fastness. I haven't I had any complaints. It's not like noticeably faster. I think it's it is quieter. Mm. Like it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't heat up due to mm. intensive processes as quickly as previous ones. Battery life is a lot better than the old pros, right? I think so. Again, I haven't really had any. Have not much scientific testing. I guess my gut feeling is yeah, it's fine. It's definitely not as good as the MacBook Airs. The mm. MacBook Air is still... Because you came from an Air. Yeah. Mm. And those were amazing when it comes to battery life. So, well, that's exhausted all of the good things we can think of about it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I really hate the keyboard. Tell me more. I cannot stand it. Um, not only is it loud, it it doesn't make me feel like I'm 
doing that much. Like it doesn't make me feel productive. Hmm. Like uh. with the previous keyboard, there's like such a good travel on the keys. Um, you know, like you felt like a fucking hacker, yeah. right? And it felt great. Uh, with this, it's sort of like uh, a firecracker where the fuse burns up to the tip and then it just sort of fizzles out Bloop. for each keystroke that you're typing. <laughs> Not satisfying at all. Uh, they've embiggened the keys. Right. And made the travel a lot shorter and and louder. Yeah, yeah I get the same feeling. I don't, I don't mind typing on it, but it's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it definitely takes me a while to adjust to typing on it. There's something about the, the key size getting larger and the gutters between the keys getting smaller. Yeah. Um, I haven't had this occurrence of like me mistyping anything yet from the keys, but that was like one of the few innovations that I really liked about the previous keyboard. It's essentially made each key about like 25% bigger than normal keyboards did because of the gutter and how, um, how the space really played a part in allowing you to tap that key more accurately. And I feel like they're kind of moving away from that, which is uh, me. I don't like the idea of that. Yeah. I also don't like the full-size left and right arrow keys. Mm. Oh, I, Versus, so uh, difficult to tap the down button now because like you're because you've been trained to like oh I'll just find the little gap mm. on the keyboard and then yeah. I can move down and nope there's a down button and up and down. But yeah. it is a little bit confusing, right? Um, and I, I wonder, like to me, that's totally aesthetic. Like I feel they they made those choices because of aesthetic reasons, not for like functional purposes. Johnny Ive was like, oh my God, there's this gap. It's not symmetrical. We can't have it. Burn yeah. it. Yeah. My eyes. I can do my Johnny Ive impersonation. Please do. The buttons shouldn't have a gap. <laughs> they should be honest. <laughs> okay, well, this is been moving from the trackpad to the keyboard. Yep. Naturally follows. Touch bar is next. Oh my god. Don't even get me started on that useless piece of shit touch bar. <laughs> Absolutely serves no purpose. Two days in, I had to convert in the keyboard settings to not change from app to app. Mm. So uh, See, that was going to be my hack that I was hoping would help you. Because so, I've, I've also made that change too. Yeah. And I found it slightly better. It is slightly better. Um, I like having like the consistency of knowing what keys are there. I'm so used to just being able to go to the next track, previous track, pause a player track, plus changing the music setting and even contrast, like the, the the brightness of your screen. Like those are keys that I use pretty much every day. Bread and butter. Yeah. And so what the touch bar does for people that might not know is if you go to another app, it resets itself to the configuration of what that app might have as hotkeys. Right. So if you're in browser, it's going to actually show you little snippets of each browser pane which is kind of useless isn't it so you can like select easily from like one one tab to another if you go to like but it's tiny like elongated snapshot you're like well this is green smudge and then there's like a blue smudge and then like a black and white smudge great thanks thanks touch bar (laughs) one of my biggest pet peeves is i use the escape key a lot Mm mm-hmm and the fact that I can no longer sense that I'm actually tapping down on the escape key. Even if they had a little bit of haptic feedback mm. for the touch bar, I think that would have made it point. so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I didn't realize I did it, but I tend to like to rest my middle finger and ring finger on like the two and three mm. keys when web browsing. I don't know why, but many times in when the when the touch bar has the browser configuration that's the forward and back button just above it oh shit. so i'd be fine i'd be reading a web page and it would change uh, what oh i <laughs> my fingers have activated the back button for this browser that was before i changed it to just be just the consistent function keys yeah but yeah that's kind of annoying i mean i i can see the theory behind it like having a scrollable thing for like changing the volume changing the brightness like in mm. theory is like oh that's kind of nice it's more natural as Johnny I would say it's a more natural motion it's a more natural extension of your body <laughs> but it just got really frustrating to have volume change now behind two taps yeah having volume ta- yeah volume change two taps brightness two taps away like it's just it was absolutely ridiculous i couldn't stand it yeah and it totally made me have to look at the touchpad at the touch bar in order for me to change any of the settings. Yeah, I feel like I looked at it anyway, but somehow just knowing that I had to look just made it more annoying. Right. And it's weird because it's a screen that you're touching. And so I had to make sure I was touching the right button. Mm. And that means that I had to like sort of look over my fingers kind of in order to see which yes. button that I was... Yeah, right. Yes, it's like your fingers obscure. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't really work, does it? Yeah. Um also, don't like it's kind of blurry, right? Mm. You're it is looking, a low res. Yeah, you're looking at the retina screen. You're like, oh, look at all these, look at this beautiful screen. And then you look down and you're like, uh, oh, what is this? It's not bad, but it's just like, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One thing I sort of like is when a dialogue bog, dialogue bog. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> a dialogue box pops up. The action oh. buttons would pop up on the touch bar. That I did like too. But I mean, I never used it, but I liked that they were there. It's like, oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, but I, I kind of forgot about what the benefits are because I've actually just converted it to that, mm. the, the standard keys. Have you ever had the touch bar crash and what? the rest of the rest of OS X works fine? No. The yeah, that happened to me. Crash. I think oh, it might be my personal machine. But yeah, like the touch bar just was black all <laughs> the time. And like nothing wouldn't change when I switched apps. You anything just had to restart the Mac and then it came back. So that's great. That's stupid. Yeah. So generally it's pretty stupid. Mm. I'm kind of annoyed that it's now on my personal Mac that I'm going to have to have for the next three to four years. Perhaps I should have just got the, uh, the previous generation. It really like this, this iteration of the MacBook pro really made me think of considering a PC notebook. Surface. Yeah. Or something like that. As, yeah. I mean, touch ID was nice. I have, I've still yet to use it. I mean, I like the idea of being able to do Apple Pay on websites. Sure. But we're not there yet. I don't. I haven't actually come across a single website. No. I guess Apple does, but otherwise, I've not been able to use Apple Pay on a website. I mean, it, ports it, it, are kind of annoying because you have to use dongles for everything. The ports are very annoying. Even if there was just like one more extra lightning port. If I wanted to charge my phone now, I can't charge it through the computer or if I wanted to sync it with it. Um, and because you refuse think- to go to Dongle Town. Dongle Town is not my favorite place to be. <laughs> you know what I realized? Like, there are so many instances of how the MagSafe has saved my computer from falling to the floor. Because there is no MagSafe now. There's no more MagSafe. Which um, was the little magnetic power uh, socket. Adapter thingy, yeah. You yeah, like, now you just on. have to plug in 
mm-hmm. power to any of the USB 3 ports. That's kind of convenient. Sometimes I can just like plug it into any port and just charges. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Go left and right. Yeah. My main complaint about it is that the headphone jack has moved from left to right. Oh, shit. Wait, right to left. Right. No, left to right. All right. One side to the other side. Yeah. Overall, it's not like it didn't blow me away um, in terms of. Yet I still bought one. and function. Yeah. Well, I think you just needed the upgrade, which is great. I think that's I a did. great reason. Yeah. So how would you feel if the screen was like a touchscreen? That's interesting. I suppose my I instantly thought of like, well, how, from a practical level, like how would Apple reconcile OS mm-hmm. X with I, iOS? Right. I guess that's not my problem to solve. I don't know. Because you have, do you have an iPad? Uh, I barely use it. Yeah, me too. But I wondered if we had an iPad with a keyboard case. Yeah. That's kind of pretty close to the product you're describing. Right. But there's still some fundamental things that you can't do on an iPad. Like, like recording this podcast right now. Yeah. Or terminal. You know, people have made great strides in moving to mm. an iPad only lifestyle. But I think, yeah, for us, recording podcasts, building. Well, I think there are iOS some apps, apps that actually do really well job of really good job of recording podcasts, right? Like there's that one example that you sent me where all of the editing was being done on a pod. On a, right, the uh, editing, but the recording mm-hmm. is tricky because you need to like, oh, I want to hear myself yep. and hear the other person, but also record an audio stream, uh, which true. I think isn't quite there on iPad yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yes, I think someone pointed out like this is almost a step towards the touchscreen. Like Apple will be like, okay, we'll give you a touchscreen, but we'll put it above the keyboard and not the actual screen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's sort of in this like really awkward phase right now. I mean, I don't feel like it's impacted my productivity. Not at all. Like, I still get, get shit done. Right. My feelings are, like, pretty neutral on it. I'm like, okay, I don't think this is a machine I love. I know people were certainly very, like, enamored with their, like, MacBook Airs, like, their 11-inch MacBook Airs. Yep. People, like, love those. I don't think this machine kind of would engender the same feelings in people. That's true. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You know? I think the, the OS is in a really solid place where it sort of compensates a lot of the negatives for me uh, mm. that the hardware faces. So, you know, it's still like a really stable OS. Um, the fact that it has... you use Siri? I don't use Siri at all. <laughs> and like every time you t- like put your finger near that yeah. fucking Siri button, pops up, hey, do you want to enable Siri? <laughs> I actually want to get rid of that button. Seriously, why uh, is it there? How do I get rid of that button? I don't know, that must be, must be a way deep in the Apple preferences or like you can go modify on the terminal. Like yeah, the, uh, Apple it's absolutely press. ridiculous. I don't think there's ever been a need. Oh, I wish I could talk to my computer. <laughs> hey, Siri, tell me a joke. I mean, I have been using it a little more on my iPhone 7 yep. since I upgraded. Because I think previously in an old episode, we tried using Siri, but my phone was the old one, which you had to like tap the button to enable it. Yeah. Whereas now this is always on. And it is very useful for starting podcasts after I get out of the shower. Mm, because your fingers are wet. Right. <laughs> and it's on the other side of the room. So I was like, yeah, stop play, like play or pause. So that is, that's quite a good use case. Yeah. That's about the only one I've come across. Oh, the most annoying thing is you ask, you ask Siri what the weather is and she tells you the temperature. Like when I, okay, what's the oh, weather? Wow. Weather. <laughs> it is honey, don't need an umbrella. Like temperature is useful to an extent, but anyway, that's yeah. not a peeve there. Yeah. What's the weather like? Oh, it's 15 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Right. And you're like, Great. What the, what fuck? the fucking weather? <laughs> You're still using your Alexa. 
Yeah, uh, every day, mainly for music playing. So interesting. And it's so interesting how <clears throat> little you use on your phone, but you do use it every day in a different device. Totally. And one of the best things about Alexa is if you've already set up a device to it before, like a connection to a device via Bluetooth. Mm. So oh. I have my identifier as Sam's big phone. Right. And so I can just tell Alexa, Alexa, connect to Sam's big phone and it will connect it automatically. Oh my God. That's so nice. Yeah. Rather than having to go to preferences in some way, like finding it from my device and then connecting to it, <clears throat> it can actually initiate the connection. And I can say, Alexa, disconnect Bluetooth, and then it'll disconnect it. Uh, it's really cool. Like, that's actually one of the greatest things about Alexa, the, the Echo. Yeah, it still bugs the shit out of me that on, like, the control center, when you swipe up on iOS, yeah. you can't, like, long press on the Bluetooth button or force press or whatever the fuck it is to go to the Bluetooth connection page. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, I have... Like, why, why, why not? Why yeah. does that not work? That's an easy force touch... Yeah, edition. the one time force touch might be useful. Do you use force touch ever? No. No. Okay. I literally never use it either. Because it's so inconsistent. Like an app is always different on like what force touch does. Yeah, and there is like this force touch, like if you long press on the side, it allows you to get to the the app selection thing, mm. right? Yeah, I only knew about it because someone was talking about it on a podcast the other day. Yeah, I figured that out the other day because I was sort of trying to turn a page from uh, an ebook. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? Different app for you. So when are you getting a pixel? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to order one because a lot of uh, the stuff that we're working on is on Android. Mm. But it's not going to be enabled for like Surface or anything. Okay. Because there was rumor you might switch your personal phone to, uh, yeah. to a pixel. Remember that? Remember that conversation? Yep. I do remember. Mm-hmm. Let's quickly talk about games. <laughs> okay. I need a new mobile game recommendation. Have you tried Yankai's Triangle? No. Okay. I'm going to download it now because I'm still I'm still playing Steam World Heist. I'm now on the veteran setting. What? I know. This is definitely like the most value I've ever got from an app. But I think it is time to move on. I don't know. Yankai's Triangle is a little bit iffy. I feel like it is a good premise of a puzzle game. There's How on earth do you spell that? Yankai's Triangle. Y-A-N-K-A-I. Triangle. Go on App Store. You can do it. Okay. Oh, it's like a little kind of kaleidoscope kind of thing. Yeah. I feel it gets to a point where the puzzles get interesting, but it does... It does feel like a lot of repetitive puzzles that you solve relatively in the same way. It is a love letter to triangles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Lots of triangles in this game. The beauty and joy of infinitely tapping on triangles. <laughs> so the other game... Okay, fine. Shall I get this? Um, how much is it? Two ninety nine. Not worth it. Okay. Don't get it. Sam says, not worth it. Don't yep. buy! I'll, I'll have you play like five levels on my phone and then you will understand that it's pretty repetitive um there is another game i don't know how you might like it it's called dog sled saga already love it (laughs) you are a dog sled uh racer oh and if you like golf if you like golf games i think you'll like this because 
you have dogs to, are quite similar to golf because what you have to do like as you're racing um the objective is for you to throw the dog cookies to the dog's mouths when you see that they're hungry they have huskies yep all right okay and fine you can select your huskies right you can select your huskies you can train up your huskies there's oh, some management. In the apartment I used to live, the apartment downstairs had a husky puppy. Oh my God, it was the cutest thing you'd ever seen. We're talking about the game here, okay? Okay, fine. We're not doing a 10-minute sidebar on huskies. Okay. You can name your huskies and you can actually groom them to either be like the leader or like the follower. <clears throat> and you go, you make your way through to become a dog sled champion. Okay, purchased. I look forward to my subway ride home now. <laughs> So the final game that I kind of want to mention and something that I've been playing on the side is called uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, which is the newest game from Nintendo on their mobile pursuit. Wow, I've, I've not heard of this at all. Yeah, it's sort of like snuck in the radar. I think you have to be fans of the series in order for people to get excited about it. Mm. So, I mean, I love emblems. Not sure, not sure about fires, <laughs> Fire Emblems. So the game... A horse emblem. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> The game is very much a Fire Emblem game, meaning like there's lots of drama and dialogue between each battle. The fuck is this? So you might not like it, but the battle is actually pretty good. Like there's lots of tactics involved. It's sort of like a, um, you have to move to the corresponding space so that you don't get hurt. And then on the next move, like the enemies will move. And then on the next turn. um, Can I play as Mario? No, unfortunately. No, I'm going to get this because it's free. Yep. Worth it. Apparently I can buy some orbs for money, but, you know, we'll see how that Money orbs. Um, have you been playing Super Mario Run? No. Did you buy it? Yes. Did you finish it? No. Oh, dear. I got very bored by it, like, really quickly. Have you been playing it? No, no, because as, as we know from the previous shows, my, my game time is on the subway mm-hmm. and without offline mode. There was very little reason for I see spending ten dollars on a game I can't use. I think all it needs is like that initial connection. No, uh, at least the reports I heard. Like as soon as the phone is offline, then it stops working. Oh, that's at least that was my understanding. Huh. and I wasn't going to spend ten bucks on something. Right, but well, so Fire Emblems might have that issue then as well. Oh, interesting. Okay, but I have not paid ten bucks for it, so let's yeah, find out. exactly. It's a free game, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, I'll go make some emblems. I'll report back next week. For the listener, Sam just took a giant swig out of a Hendrix gin bottle. This is water. This is water, by the way. Sure. Sure it is, Sam. This is how you prep for every show. Downing a pint of gin. <laughs>